Hey guys, welcome back to Official Bravo Nation. This is episode number six, and today we are going to be reviewing The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, This was a really fun episode. I really liked it a lot. I like when they're getting along. You know, of course, it's housewives. We need the drama and the fighting, of course. But I also like those episodes when they're having fun and shopping, being rich ladies, buying shit I could never afford. You know, I like that. I like when it's aspirational. You know, we need some of both. We need the drama, but we need some aspirational Beverly Hills stuff sprinkled in there also. And this episode, they were really getting along. It was fun. It was unexpected. Sutton's friends, they were really interesting. Like, I wasn't expecting that part at all. That was a nice surprise. Um, But yes, this is episode 14, season 13, of course. And the summary says, Hearts race after Crystal's medical emergency, but nurse anesthetist Anne-Marie comes to the rescue. Dorit opens up to Garcelle, allowing the two to finally move forward. Hallelujah. And Erica gets tipsy ahead of dinner. And before I get too far into the Beverly Hills recap, I just want to say a couple of things. One, uh, I will be reviewing Love is Blind, season six. It starts uh, February 14th on Valentine's Day on Netflix. Uh, I love that show, and so I'm going to review it on here. I know this is a Bravo podcast, Bravo Nation, but we're going to slip Love is Blind in there, too. And I also wanted to address Denise Richards and the herbal chef, herbal chef, He responded, he clapped back at her because she was on Jeff Lewis radio uh, show on Radio Andy. And she refused to take responsibility for her drunkenness like she always does. And she was like, I don't know, maybe someone slipped something in my drink. And the uh, herbal chef, herbal chef, he responded. He was like, no one, because that's very dangerous. Her saying that can really damage his business. And that's slander. And he was sick of it because that wasn't the first time she said that. She also said that to Bethany and probably in other interviews, too. Absolutely refusing to take responsibility for her drunken state, which nobody even cares. You know, they were like, you know how uh, Bravo fans love terrible behavior. They were like, oh, Denise, I'm living for drunk Denise. She but she still refused to tell the truth. And blamed it on someone else. And I'm really glad that uh, the chef clapped back and defended his business. So the episode starts off where we left off last week with Crystal being sick. Uh, They were on those winding cliff roads. So I thought she was car sick. But um, apparently she was displaying stroke symptoms, which is very scary. Uh, Doris said she was gray. Her veins were swollen. Uh, She was not in good shape. Then uh, Anne-Marie was tending to her, you know, comforting her. Anne-Marie laid her down in the van. And then the ambulance came and they took her blood pressure. And it was 177 over 108. And a normal blood pressure is 120 over 80. So it was really high. I'm sure she was really scared. I would have been terrified up there on that damn mountain. During the after show, um, Crystal says that that moment shifted 
her relationship with Anne-Marie. They decided to put all their drama that they had the night before behind them. And Anne-Marie, she was really great. You know, she got to see, um, Crystal got to see, you know, the sweeter side of her. And uh, she offered, Anne-Marie offered to go with Crystal to the hospital, but production intervened and said, we're going to send Gavin. They wanted the ladies to continue on their uh, journey so they can continue recording. So they sent Gavin. I don't know who Gavin is. I guess he's like a production assistant or something. But he went with uh, Crystal to the hospital. So then the ladies go to the church. They're at this church. And we learned that Erica, I already knew Erica was Catholic. I knew Garcelle was Catholic. But we learned Anne-Marie also grew up Catholic. So Erica, Anne-Marie, and Garcelle, they're all Catholic. I know Kyle, I believe, was Catholic because I know that Big Kathy was Irish. Like her parents were from Ireland. And so I believe Kyle grew up Catholic, maybe, probably. (laughs) And now I know she converted to Judaism for uh, Mauricio. We know Dorit is Jewish. One of her parents is from Israel. And so we know she's Jewish. And Sutton is Presbyterian. She's Protestant, like myself. I'm a Baptist Protestant <laughs> from that black Southern tradition. And um, Sutton, she's, she mentioned that because um, I remember hearing that growing up about suicide. And what that meant for, you know, a person afterlife, their afterlife. And she said that's what Catholics believe, you know. They don't believe anything good comes from it. And she chooses to believe that he's in heaven with the Lord. And I agree with Sutton. I believe that um, he's in heaven. That's what I choose to believe. Then Erica brings up the earrings again. I wish she would not. I love Erica. That's my girl. I stand beside her. I didn't like when she was blamed for what Tom did. But please stop bringing up the earrings. Because it's just, it reminds us of her unempathetic side. And But she wants an apology from the ladies because she said they hurt her the most because she cared about them the most. That's usually how it goes. But I just think she should move on from the earrings. And it's just like, ugh, stop bringing it up. We don't want to hear about it. She's having such a good comeback season. And I love that for her. And I want that to continue. I don't want her to keep reminding people of the earrings. Like, please, Erica, stop bringing it up. Then we have this really great moment in the church between Sutton and Kyle. And Sutton says a friend of hers dreamed about her father uh, the night before. And, um, and then Kyle says that a psychic told her that Lorene doesn't know what happened to her. It's really sad when, you know, someone commits suicide and you don't have the answers. And you think, God, I should have been a better friend. Was I not the friend I thought I was? Or was I not the daughter I thought I was in Sutton's case? You know, it's just really sad. And, you know, you have to go through it and come to your own conclusions and do what's best because you have to keep forward. You have to keep moving. Life has to keep continuing. And the dead person is gone, unfortunately, and you have to figure out a way to live with it and 
move on with your life, but always remember them and the love you have for them. But you have to get past it. And, you know, Sudden and Kyle, they make up. Sudden apologizes for, you know, she felt she could have been a better friend to Kyle. I agree with that. I was happy that she apologized to Kyle. I felt that she owed Kyle an apology. So that was nice to hear. And then they make up and hug. And it's just a really sweet moment. Really, really like that moment. Then the ladies are in the van. They're in back in the sprinter vans. And Anne-Marie is FaceTiming Crystal. Crystal's in the hospital. They're just checking on her, you know, while they're on their way to Old Town, Barcelona. Then the ladies, they get to their destination, which is, it's called Pueblo Español. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Pueblo Español. And it was built for the World's Fair in 1929. And the ladies meet their tour guy. His name is Manolo, and he looks just like Tom Sandoval. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and he was playing a guitar. I was like, oh, God, what is Sandoval doing here? Of course it wasn't him. But when he said his name was Manolo Dorisa, like Blahnik, it reminded me of that scene in Sex in the City, the movie part two. When they were in Abu Dhabi and the guy who was, he was like Samantha's housekeeper guy, assistant like. And he said his name was Abdul, like Paula. <laughs> Dorita's so funny. She only thinks in shopping. But Kyle says that wherever she goes, whenever she travels, she looks for the Hermes store. We know Kyle love her in Hermes bag. Oh, I don't like those bags, but Kyle, she loves them. I don't like those bags. I could never afford any of those bags. But it's one of those things you look, you're like, God, why do rich people buy stuff like this? But she has them. She has them in all different colors. And she loves them. And that's her North Star. The Hermes store is like central for her. That's how she uh, guides herself around the city. Through the Hermes store. They must make a lot of money off of Kyle. Then the ladies sit down for lunch. Manolo said it is the best place for Catalonian food. Sounds delicious. They all order. And Kyle speaks perfect Spanish. Her Spanish is so good. All the ladies are looking like, order for me. But then Anne-Marie FaceTimes Marcellus. And she calls him daddy. And the ladies start laughing. <laughs> And Erica said, uh, I never called my husband daddy, but I've been calling a few men daddy lately. You know, that's when you know you're really getting it good. All right, Erica, good for you, girl. I'm happy for you. After being with Tom all those years, I'm glad she's getting it in and having a good time. <laughs> then Anne-Marie toasts to Crystal, you know, to health and hoping that Crystal is... Um, doing well, which is really sweet. And then all of a sudden, Garcelle says she wants to address her issues with Dorit. And at first, I'm like, oh, no, I thought we moved past this. Let's not go back there. Everyone was getting along so well. But actually, it turned out to be good. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, thank God. But Garcelle says that Taco Tuesday was a tough night for her. And that she felt that she had left her body. Okay, I feel like that's very dramatic. I'm, I'm not Garcia. I'm not in her shoes. I don't understand what she felt. 
but I didn't get that from watching it through the TV. So, but that's what she felt. And her feelings are valid. And Dorit was like, you know, you called me a Karen. And Garcelle said, you know, she doesn't feel any of the ladies are racist. Of course not. And they were all, I'm sure, very appreciative that she said that. <laughs> uh, no one wants to be called racist unjustly. But um, Dorit told Garcelle, you know, she has the wrong impression of her. Like, she thinks that Dorit is this privileged white woman who lives inside of a bubble. And Dorit explains that she's Jewish and her father is from Israel and she experienced a lot of anti-Semitism growing up. And people would say, are you Jewish? How come you don't have horns? And like, there's a lot of anti-Semitism in the world today. A lot of things going on with the Israeli-Palestinian war that's going on and the kidnapping of the Israelis that still haven't been returned as we speak. And there's a lot of anti-Semitism uh, happening in the world right now. And I, if I was Jewish, I would feel scared. Um, we can never let what happened in the 1930s happen again. And so I'm sure, I, I believe Dorit, she has experienced um, anti-Semitism and she understands discrimination. And like she said, she's not comparing it to be black because she is a white woman. And when you uh, see her, when she when you first meet Dorit, she is a white woman. And so she knows she doesn't have the same experience as a black woman would. And Garcelle was like, you know, I wish you would understand my shoes a little bit. You know, her walk. And Dorit said she wants to learn her plight. And, you know, she's not the caring, privileged white woman that uh, Garcelle believes that she is. And they actually came to a really good understanding and uh, it was nice. And Dorit, she said she was um, happy that Garcelle brought that up. And I'm glad it was resolved. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Dorit apologized. And that was it. Hallelujah. Then Sun reminds everyone that her friend Trevor is coming over for dinner. And he will be bringing some other people with him. He is a friend from New York. Uh, him and Sutton started at the Merce Cunningham Dance Theater together at the same time. And so they've been friends for a long time since Sutton was in her 20s. And she reminded the ladies that he would be coming and he would be bringing some of his fancy Barcelonian friends over for a dinner. And Sutton says she's looking forward to it because she wants the ladies to see a new side of her instead of the alimony collecting, gala going, vodka drinking, erratic, crazy lady that she's shown us since season 10. I mean, you know, that's what she's shown us. <laughs> but she, you know, she wants them to see a new side of her. And we did see a new side of her. Um, I'm really impressed with her friends. You know, Sutton, I like Sutton. She isn't uh, my favorite. You know, I'm a Kyle Richards fan. I like Anne-Marie, I like Dorit, Erica, I like the Fox Force 5, Teddy, Rena. But um, I was really impressed with Sutton's friends. Like, wow, she knows some important people. But she's a rich lady, so, you know, of course she would. And then, of course, the ladies want to go shopping. And Sutton is like, you know, they're on a the timer. She gives them three minutes to shop. 
And Kyle and Dorit are professional shoppers. So they're like, uh, honey, we can do this. And they do. And Dorit, she buys these antique Spanish fans. They're really pretty. They're like three centuries old. And she spent uh, 353 euros on seven fans. Which I guess, I don't know what she's going to do with those fans. I mean, I don't, maybe you just have them. You use them for decoration in your home or something. I don't know, but they were really pretty. And then uh, Garcelle goes to buy a necklace and she goes to pay for it. And Erica uh, cuts her off and like, I'm going to pay for it. Um, I feel like Erica is trying to make up to Garcelle for what happened with Jax last season. So she's like, you know, buying her necklaces, being extra nice to her, which is a nice gesture. You know, I feel like that could go both ways. Because I feel like uh, in season 11, Erica and Garcelle were in a good place. And then season 12, Garcelle came back and they were in a terrible place. And I believe that's because social media influenced Garcelle. So, um, but Erica did what, you know, she cussed Jax out. And so I believe they both should, you know, apologize to each other. You know, I don't think it's just on Erica. I think Garcelle, you know, she could have done better also. And then Erica says, you know, she sometimes forget about her budget, but she would love if someone gave her $100 million right now. I'm like, girl, me too. We, You and me both. We both could use $100 million right now. <laughs> then Kyle buys a bunch of little things. She buys a shawl, like a bikini top. I think it was a bikini top. It looked like a bikini top. She bought a ring and it came to 398 euros. But the way it was written is the 398, 00. Like in dollars, that would be 398,000. But that comma in euros is like, it should be a dot. So it looked like thousands, but it actually was like $400, you know, a little over $400. So then the ladies go back to the chateau. And when we get to the chateau, Crystal is sitting in bed. She's back from the hospital. And um, she talks about her history of high blood pressure and her family's history of high blood pressure. And she says that she's feeling super lethargic. And Anne-Marie is comforting her. You know, they're really getting along. And Crystal, you know, she's feeling really vulnerable. And she talks about, you know, her health and how she needs to be here for her children. She has very young children. Like, I think her daughter is four years old. Like, they're really young. And in the after show, she said that, um, you know, she was really appreciative of Anne-Marie comforting her. She said Anne-Marie was the only one she wanted to comfort her in that moment. That's really nice. A real shift for them. That was nice to see. Then the ladies, uh, we see them getting glam. And Kyle FaceTimes Mauricio, and it's dark. I don't know what's going on, but their FaceTime is really weird, and it, they get disconnected. And then they show Erica getting glammed, and um, she says that um, Erica describes Sutton's friends as erudites. That's a new word for my vocabulary. I had to look it up, and it says shows great academic knowledge. So uh, these are some really smart people that's coming over. And Erica, we learned later, is also a Rudyard herself. 
Erica is so smart. I'm shocked. I had no idea that. Um, I knew the ladies were intelligent, of course, but I didn't know Erica was as knowledgeable as she is, as she showed us on this episode. It was really impressive. But then Erica, she is drunk, so I'm going to give her a pass. But once again, she brings up the earrings. Let the mouse go. Stop it. She wants the ladies to apologize and claims that this is them getting their karma. I don't know what she was saying, but I just wish she would stop bringing up those damn earrings. Like, enough. Then Sutton's friends come over, and uh, Bravo called them Trevor and the Erudites. And uh, <laughs> Erica and um, Dorit are the first ones down. And so they meet Sutton's friend Trevor. And uh, Erica says, Sutton is such a beautiful soul. And Dorit is cringing. She said, you know how I can tell when Erica is really drunk? She says shit like, Sutton is such a beautiful soul. <laughs> Erica is lit, as the kids would say, or as the kids used to say. Then the other ladies all come out. They all look so beautiful. Anne-Marie, she looks like a true senorita. It's the style of her hair, and she has a red flower in her hair. She just looks so Spanish and so cute. And Kyle, my queen Kyle, she looks so stunning in a little black dress. That body is banging. That working out every day the way she does, it is. it has paid off because Kyle looks amazing. Better than she's ever looked. She just looks good. You go, girl. Then we see Storm again. Storm the chef. But this time he is with his daddy, Cervais. Cervais, Cervais, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he is a silver fox. And um, he's really cute. And Garcelle, she likes the dad now. She's like, forget um, Storm. I'll have to breastfeed him and be his stepmom. She wants the daddy now. I don't blame her. I take the daddy over the son any day. And um, Cervais <laughs> uh, uh, is making paella. Uh, I've never had paella. I've heard of it. It looks delicious. Can't wait to try it one day. Now, at this point, everyone sits down to dinner, and Erica Girardi is the star of the dinner. She is on fire. Uh, she asks, Dorit and Erica are talking to Trevor, and Trevor says that he met Sutton in Brooklyn, and um, Erica screamed, what a dump. <laughs> Brooklyn is famous for being the home of a lot of rappers. I mean, it was always shout out to Brooklyn back in the day. So, I mean, New Yorkers, like Erica said in the after show, New Yorkers have thick skin. Nobody's offended by that. But she did scream, what a dump, across the table. Then Erica tells the table that uh, Sutton brought Merce in a Ziploc bag. And, of course, everybody is laughing. But Sutton says that's how a person's uh, ashes come like, and you know how people hold the bag of goldfish? She says that's how his ashes came to her in a plastic bag. And I guess the Ziploc bag is to, you know, extra caution, zip it up, make sure none of the ashes leaks out. It is kind of creepy that Sutton traveled with human remains. 
like that if you think about it in that way it is kind of but yeah erica told everybody (laughs) that merce was in the bag (laughs) then sutton says uh kyle's mom is in the bathroom and i'm like "Uh uh-uh not kyle no she don't got big kathy in the guest bathroom in a urn but kyle said it's because she was nervous about someone accidentally knocking it over. She's seen those movies like Meet the Parents where the ashes get knocked over and then the cat pees in it. But she safe. it's, it's in a safer space. And she says the guest bathroom is gorgeous. So we hope Big Kathy is happy at her final resting place. Then we meet uh, Trevor's friends, Monica. She's a black woman. She's from Philly. And she says she tells people that she's from Philly, the land where Beanie Siegel is king. And Erica is the only one who knew Beanie Siegel. Beanie Siegel is a rapper who used to roll with Jay-Z and Rock Nation, well, Rockefeller Records, as they were back in the day. And he has a song with Freeway called Rock the Mic. It's BC in a place with young free, and I got what it takes to rock the mic, right? Yeah, still watch what you say out your mouth, cause 50 shots still will turn the buck out. I used to love that song. Let me stop rapping. But Erica, she was the only one who knew who he was. Doreen was like, let me look him up. Doreen is younger than Erica. Like, but I guess, you know, everybody doesn't listen to 90s hip hop, which is the best hip hop. FYI. And then <laughs> we meet Fernando. Fernando is an architect. And um, Fernando says that he is sitting next to the number one architect in Barcelona, Benedetta. Benedetta, I think that's how you pronounce her name. I can't even pronounce her last name. I'm not even going to try. But Benedetta, she designed the Santa Catarina Market in Barcelona, and it is a beautiful fresh produce market. Um, these are some really impressive people here. Like, you know, these are some world-renowned architects at this dinner. Sutton does know some pretty interesting people. Wow. Then we meet Amira. Amira is American. She was born in America, but she says she grew up in Beirut in Syria, in Morocco, and in Egypt. Her father is Lebanese, and her mother is Palestinian from Gaza, which is very interesting, considering what's happening at the moment. But this is where Erica gets really impressive, because she's asking Amira, like, are you a Muslim or Christian? Because I know a lot of uh, Lebanese are Christian. I didn't know that. I thought they were all... Like, I thought Lebanese were Muslims, and they are not. They are a variety of different uh, denominations of Islam, and some of them are Christians. And um, But Amira says she is Sunni Muslim, and uh, Erica says she, used to, she knows how to talk to Erudites because of Tom, you know, Tom, who was, you know, he at one time he was the hero lawyer from the Aaron Brockovich case. And, you know, I'm sure they have met so many famous, important people. And she said that, you know, she learned how to talk to these people being with Tom and that they love to talk about themselves. 
So the best way to have a conversation with them is to ask them a lot of questions. And she says she has just a natural thirst for knowledge. Um, I'm really impressed with Erica. You know, what Crystal said last week, like, I think Crystal um, thinks she's, like, surrounded by dum-dums and the women are shallow and not smart. And, you know, that's not true at all. At all. Erica is very intelligent, very knowledgeable about the world. And um, I was just really impressed with her. Really impressed. Then we learned that Amira is an urban planner. She worked uh, in downtown Beirut after the Civil War of the 80s. Now, that's what I remember. I'm a child of the 80s and a teen of the 90s. And I remember being a kid in the 80s and hearing about Beirut, another bombing in Beirut. I remember thinking, God, it must be really scary to live in Beirut. So I do remember that Civil War. It was all over the news in the 80s for those of you who weren't there in the 80s. <laughs> but uh, apparently there's still civil war. I hope not. I haven't heard anything about Beirut in a long time, but I really hope that the civil war is, I hope it's still not going on. That would be tragic. But the ladies are all shocked about Erica. And um, Dori called Erica drunk Raymond. She said, it's like watching drunk Raymond. <laughs> that is funny. But then Erica, oh my God, she just all of a sudden shouted out, Merce is in the purse. And everyone is laughing. Kyle is so embarrassed. She like put her purse up to her mouth. Garcelle and Anne-Marie are laughing. Merce in the purse. That's a new saying. Erica was very entertaining. Very entertaining in this episode. This episode was really fun. And it had a lot to do with Erica at that damn dinner table. Drunk off her ass. But sudden ends the dinner. She cheers to España. I love España. When I was learning uh, Spanish in college, I used to love the pronunciation of Spain. The Spanish pronunciation. España. And uh, Sutton's like, let's cheers to España. And uh, Sutton, uh, Garcelle was like, uh, yeah, because Storm's dad is waiting for me in my room. Here's hoping, girl. I hope he was in there waiting for you. But Erica Kyle, uh, Kyle is looking for chocolate. She got the munchies. Kyle, Erica, and Garcelle end up in Garcelle's room. And I thought we were going to have like a little fun moment with them drunk, you know, after, after hours. But it, Garcelle was like, yeah, you guys have to get out of my room. The uh, Storm's father is coming in here. But, you know, this is the part that I was talking about last week, what's missing. The fun, you know, that fun on vacation when everybody's drunk and it's late night, the cameras leave and they're being silly. And, you know, it's missing that. So the closer the ladies get, the more comfortable the ladies get with each other. We'll have those moments back. But um, I really thought, I was like, oh, this is about to be cute. Erica, Kyle, and Garcelle are about to be acting silly. And no, it didn't happen. Garcelle was like, get out of my room. And then we jumped to the next morning. And uh, all the ladies are doing their little morning routine. Sutton is meditating. And um, Kyle is reminding Erica of what she said the night before when she was drunk. And Erica, she just looks hungover. She's like, oh, no, what did I say? 
and uh, Garcelle goes into Crystal's room. Crystal is in her room. She's taking her blood pressure, which is still high. It's 151 over 110. That's still too high. Um, of course, it's come down and much better than it was the day before. But, um, yeah, she really needs to. Um, that's scary. High blood pressure, you know. It runs in Garcelle's family. It runs in my family. You know, it's, uh, you have to really watch it because a person, it, it is what causes strokes, you know. Having your blood pressure being high and you don't realize that you can get a stroke. And that is very scary. Then Sutton delivers uh, white carnations to the ladies. It's like a reef, you know, like one of those reefs that you, like a, the Hawaiians put over your neck when you go to Hawaii. It's a wreath of uh, white carnations, which is not the color of this, the Spanish flower. The national Spanish flower is red carnations, but she couldn't find them. And the irony is that Erica said in the after show that she had to take the white flowers off of crystal because in Chinese culture, white represents death. I did not know that. That is something I learned today. And she took uh, Crystal's was she said she was uncomfortable and Erica took the white flowers off of her. But of course the other ladies didn't know that. No one would know that. Yeah, the uh, carnation wreath was for uh, Merce's little. You know they're gonna have a little ceremony, which we're gonna see on the next episode, um, where they release Merce's ashes and they're gonna wear the uh, flowers, the white carnations. But then we go to Sutton's room, and Sutton is having a panic attack. And she's just really upset. And Kyle comes in, and she explains that, you know, she's upset because it's like it's like a finality, you know. She's finally um, getting rid of um, Mercy's, well, spreading, not getting rid of. That sounds not nice. She's finally releasing Mercy's ashes. And she lost her father's ashes. And, you know, they're all tied up together. And then on top of all that, her she's mourning her divorce with her ex-husband, Christian. And she said how Christian, you know, they she thought they were going to go to therapy and work on their marriage. And Christian surprised her and filed for divorce himself and called her and told her she needs to get an attorney, which I'm sure was very devastating to lose her marriage that way. Especially when she was holding out hope. And apparently, you know, she's mourning the, these three really important men in her life. Her dad, her ex-husband, her the father of her kids, and her mentor, Merce. And she's feeling it, all of it in the moment. She's feeling all three of these men. And she's like, you know, she's 52 and she feels really alone, you know. And, you know, it's painful. She also said she was upset for a long time. And, you know, she wants to release that, too. But Kyle says, you know, being alone, it can feel lonely sometimes. But it can also feel good sometimes. Which I think was, you know, there's more to that when it comes to Kyle. Especially about being alone. But, um, yeah, the episode ends right there. And, um... We see previews from next week where the ceremony with Mercy's ashes, that's the wind blew them onto the other ladies and the ladies there in those red dresses, 
I saw the pictures of them in those red dresses. Those red dresses look so pretty. Um, we finally get to see that. And then they show Kyle and Mo. And it's just not looking good. I feel like we're getting to the point where we're getting closer to their separation announcement in real time, you know. And yeah, and she was saying how he doesn't make time. He needs to make time for his wife. But he, the way he makes time for his business. And he doesn't. But, um, yeah, we're going to see all that next week. And so thank you, everyone, for listening to my recap of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I will see you guys next week. Take care. Bye-bye.